0: Ladies and gentlemen, men and women, miscreants and thieves, curmudgeons, scoundrels, rapscallions, my people, I am Mike Shayner. this is Sedition. Today is Tuesday, November 3rd, 2021. Hope everyone is feeling free and prosperous and happy today. I'm still a little under the weather. But, uh, man, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much for the support you've been giving me. It, uh, means a lot. So, a lot on my mind today. I hope you guys find it interesting. I've been telling you I'm going to explain to you how government transformed the healthcare industry into an insurance scam not going to get all that in today i don't think but i'm going to give you the uh the bones of it and then maybe we can put it all together into frankenstein's monster tomorrow um want to talk a little bit about the elections last night that's uh that's fun it's always fun whenever it sucks i mean pulling for a republican it's like wanting to get this tooth yanked out instead of this tooth yanked out you know but um but it's always fun to piss off the establishment, whatever. They always read it wrong, though, you know? They always read it. Both sides. Both sides read it wrong. One side. <laughs> it's funny how they do that. Um, yesterday, yesterday we talked about about the roads and how that's an important thing the more I think about it. like And you can find that article, and I didn't tell you yesterday. Uh, you can, And I, I was joking when I said you guys didn't like to read. Libertarians are, are the smartest audience everybody knows that that's um that's why we're libertarians but um you can find the article a lot of places that I, that article has actually been syndicated um uh, but you can find it on the libertarian republic.com you can find it at my substack, the sedition com. you can find it at uh the southside dragon.com it's worth reading the history of the roads it's fascinating carl fisher was a uh, an amazing man and that was an amazing time it still blows my mind to believe that people think that we have to have government to, to to travel to to go down the road it's so crazy um it wasn't that long ago but it was even it was not it was even a shorter period of time ago when healthcare say i've got to got to take a look at my notes here in 1940 According to an article in Forbes magazine, I'll have an article up on this in the next few days with um, with the link to all the all the relevant statistics and sites. So, uh, but according to this article in Forbes magazine, um, in 1940, house calls made up 40 percent of all interactions between doctors and patients, and that costed two bucks. I think it was something like seventeen dollars in today's. in today's money and if you wanted to save some money you could go visit the doctor at his office it'd be a buck and a quarter medical school including books and board and room cost about five hundred twenty dollars to get a medical degree eighty two hundred dollars in today's money in los angeles you could stay at a hospital for as little as four dollars a day, roughly seventy-five dollars a day a day in today's money. That included nursing care and meals. I don't know if I'm having a um, having an issue. I maybe I have a technical issue here. If I do, I'll start over. Can't tell. If anyone's out there, if you can tell me if you can see the live stream, I would appreciate this. Bear with me guys, I'm uh I'm getting this straightened out. All right, I think we're all good now. Sorry about that. So um, don't know where I was. I know I was uh, telling you, you could stay at the doctor for nothing. So for as little as $4 a day, or roughly $75 in today's money, that included, in- included nursing care and meals. Um, a surgery in the same hospital, $17 and 50 cents. That's for major surgery, $326 in today's money. If you had a minor procedure, if you need your appendix out or something, or roughly $112 in today's money. A woman could have a baby delivered and recover with the newborn in the maternity ward with nursing care, with meals, for 10 days, for $40.00. $744 in today's money. Man, for what it costs to have a baby today, you can have major surgery. Back then, you can have a major surgery. You can have the doctor come over and visit you at the house every day of the month. You can stay at the hospital for a month. You can have 10 babies. And a major surgery. And house calls every day for a month. Many months. For 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 what it would cost to have one... um, One surgery, one baby. Hell, one doctor's visit today. So, why? What happened? How did we go from... So, back then, healthcare was about health. It was about curing illness. It was about relationships. It was about a doctor-patient relationship. Somehow, general practitioners have still become, uh, they're still fairly decent people, Um, it's still good people that become doctors, I think, Um, and I'm not really sure how that worked out, but, because you would think it would change and be corruption, but I took my granddad to the doctor today, and I love his doctor so much, Um, he's an old country doctor, and they get along, I don't, anyway, and as I was at the doctor with him, I was sitting there in the office, I was thinking about what this interaction would have been like in 1940. And he had to do some unnecessary things today. And my granddad wasn't feeling good, and obviously he was at the doctor. And um, he had to, he, he can't really walk today. I don't know why. He hasn't been eating. So, But without getting into all the personal details, um, the doctor wanted to do an x-ray of his chest for no reason other than the sort of insurance required it. Um, these several things that insurance required that, uh, I just had to say, no, I said, we can't do it today. Uh, he's just, he's not up for it. So, and the doc, he understood as you know, then we won't do it, but, um, but he wanted to bill for it, obviously. I mean, he wanted to do those things, but he also, the insurance wants it done. So how did we get to that? How did we get to where, like the doctor knew that my granddad didn't need that, uh, that chest x-ray today. And... I knew it, and I'm not a doctor, but he was going to give it to him anyway so he could get the money for it. I don't blame him for that, but also um, so that he could just bill for the visit based on the other the things that are there. The insurance company is making the decision about what needs to be done. So that doctor's visit that really, this is what today's doctor visit should have should have been worth, 20, 30 bucks. And in 1940, it would have been about a 20, 30 dollar cash transaction in today's money and a $2 transaction and that money, you know. Because the doctor would have said, okay, Mr. Shannon, this is what's going on. Um, I know you've got these issues and here's what I'm gonna give you for it. Take me about 20 minutes, give me 20 bucks, let's have a good day. Um, Why did it change? Why is the insurance company making the decisions? Why did that $20, $30 worth of healthcare advice that my granddad got today, why is that gonna be billed for several hundred dollars? Why is that insurance going to pay several hundred dollars for that? Why are you subsidizing that insurance? Why are you having to pay a higher premium? Because that's what I was thinking about earlier when I was saying, okay, how much did you pay on, um, in health insurance last year? What do you pay? $300 a month, $400 a month, let's say $500 a month um, for your family. And if, it's, if that's $5,000 a year. $6,000 a year actually but let's say $400 and $4,800 a year. He could have had seven babies in 1940. Equivalent money. Why? How did it get to that? In 1942 Mr. Roosevelt gonna save us all. And he signed the, Stabiliz- the Wage Stabilization Act, the Stabilization Acts of 1942, where he put a ceiling on wages. You see, progressive, progressives have always known that villainizing the rich is a way to rally the poor. That villainizing the black man is a way to rally the white man. The villainizing the white man today is a way to rally the black man. They've always known that to rally one, you villainize the other. This, um, this attack on the rich, this wage, um, um, this wage discrimination, this wage discrepancy, that, that's, it's not a new attack. It's something that, that people like to make you think it's new, but they've always attacked. So anyway, so private business in 1942, so prior to 1942, health insurance was sort of a um, a fringe benefit. It was something that you could, what can you equate it to today? Dental insurance maybe, uh, although that's becoming a lot more standard. You know, some uh, life insurance company provided life insurance, like um, sort of a nice perk if you get it, but not anything anybody cares about. Like I don't, I never needed life insurance. I was... I probably have a couple of policies from different companies over the years, but it most companies I worked for didn't provide insurance and I never it was never something that was going to make me go to one job or leave another. It's just sort of a fringe benefit, right? And that's what health insurance was in 1940. And uh mostly it was only like uh, mining companies, the railroad companies, places where you lived on um <clears throat> like you lived in camps, timber camps, mining camps, logging camps. Um they had a form of health insurance, mostly so you could see the company doctor, and that, that's really all it was, because health insurance wasn't a big expense, you know, you didn't, um, it just wasn't anything. Well, when FDR signed the uh, Stabilization Acts, and he put a cap on wage controls, company had to figure out a way to hire, uh, companies had to figure out a way to hire talent and they couldn't do it with money so they started doing it with benefits and the main benefit became health insurance so in 1942 health insurance in 1941 health insurance was meant to cover those made that $17.50 major surgery maybe um maybe uh having delivering a baby maybe uh breaking a leg you know something that um a big unforeseen not a $2 doctor visit And so, back then, in 1941, you would go to the doctor. And a lot of times, you wouldn't even pay cash. You'd pay with a chicken or, um, you know, uh, a basket of eggs or whatever. You know, it's whatever the doctor, you know, what you had, and the the doctors just sort of work these things out amongst yourselves. And that's how government took over the healthcare industry. They didn't take it over in 2010 with Obamacare. There have been so many regulations in 2010. By 2010, that... What we used to know of, um, what we used to know about healthcare, when it used to be a free market, that that hasn't been a free market in seventy years, and so over time, just that became the norm, and pretty soon everybody was um, providing health insurance, and you no longer paid to go to the doctor; it became cheap. It became cheap and people still think going to the doctor because they pay it comes out of their paycheck every month like income tax comes out of their paycheck every week they still think it's not that huge of an expense unless um unless it's um you know catastrophic or they're trying to sell a bill on tv where nobody declares bankruptcy if you declare bankruptcy over medical bills by the way you're an idiot don't ever do that medical bills don't ruin anybody's lives they don't garnish you they don't take you that don't really hurt your credit after so long. People don't care about medical bills. So don't ruin your life. Don't declare bankruptcy if you have a bunch of medical bills. That's all um, a big boogeyman. Don't do that. Um, but it, it, you have to have health insurance. You can't if you get cancer. If you have a heart attack, you can't pay for health care now. You can't. You know, it's not $17.50. It's not $325 in today's money. And it got that way because you pay for it whether you need it or not. You pay for it every week when when every week when the or month, whenever you get your paycheck, when they deduct it. And, like, I pay for yours because um, I'm sick, but I ain't go to the doctor for this flu. I know I had the flu. I don't go to the doctor. Um, I had to go to the doctor this year and get my gallbladder taken out. Many years ago, I fell off a bull. Um, I had to go get my knee fixed. I got a broken collarbone. I had to, um, you know, a few times. But I don't go to the doctor as a rule. So for if I have health insurance and I pay for that health insurance, I'm mainly I'm paying for people who do get sick and who that's how it it works. You know, I subsidize you. When I get old, maybe you'll subsidize me, like Social Security. You know, uh, but it'd be a lot better if instead of paying four or five, six hundred dollars a month. Instead of paying four or five, six thousand dollars a year for health insurance that you don't need, if I could just pay two dollars, if I could just pay twenty dollars in today's money to go see the doctor, um. But that was it. That's it. And this is and uh, what's funny now, they say the old cliche is about a government solution to a government caused problem. And most people don't know that the government caused the problem of health. Like in a free market, healthcare is cheap. A doctor-patient relationship is relatively cheap. Ron Paul quit taking insurance when he was practicing medicine, so that he didn't have to cut through the red tape. So he just took cash, and um, he gave efficient and service. And you know Ron Paul. I mean, it's um, so he gave a service he could be proud of at a price his patients could afford and he negotiated directly with his patients. So still that subsidization still would come. His richer clients would pay a little more and his poor clients would pay nothing or, or very little. And, um, but it was voluntary transaction. It wasn't, it didn't come out of your paycheck every month and it, it cost. Maybe, maybe you'd go see, um, maybe you go see, um, Dr. Paul and have him deliver your baby and it cost you 150 bucks or, um, um, you know, it just, um, it it was your choice to do it, but I don't have to pay for you delivering. I'm never going to have a baby. Like I'm not, I'm never going to get pregnant. It just, um, in some things I trust the science and I trust the science that I'm never going to get pregnant. So, um, but I still have to pay for it. I still have to have a, um, have it on government solutions to government problems. The government caused the problem. The government gave health care to the insurance companies inadvertently. That wasn't their goal. Their goal was to take over private industry and tell private employers what they could pay their employees. So by the time the wage, by the time they realized this shit isn't working and the Stabilization Acts were repealed, um, health insurance was the norm. It was... An unintended consequence: health insurance taking over health care was an unintended consequence of corporatism at the time, really blatant fascism. And we've never looked back. We haven't changed. I'm gonna go into this a lot more in detail. Um, I'm just sort of giving like I said, I want to give you the. Um, I want to write the article first and put it up so with all the, um, all the history on it, like the roads, you know, like the road story, um, with all the pertinent history. And I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be exciting, but I did want to get into it. A lot of people don't know that. So now when you're arguing with statists and they tell you who's going to build the roads, private industry, and when they say, um, who got us into this healthcare care mess, uh, government, and who can get us out of it, the free market. The free market didn't cause a mess. There was no mess. The government created the mess, but the free market had already solved. There was nothing to solve. So, as we're moving forward, um, and we're having these, these debates that go on and, um, you know, a lot of people, it's it's just important to know your history to know where you're going. It's important to follow that road, right? So anyway, how about the elections last night? The, um, The Virginia governor's a Republican. He seems like a nice guy, doesn't he? I don't, you know, I'm not a Republican. I don't really, I love politics. I'm a junkie. But, um, a hundred libertarians won office in Pennsylvania. So, um, that's pretty cool. People don't understand. All libertarians aren't anarchists, by the way. I am. And I, I want to abolish the government. But I want to abolish the federal government and I want the local government to be irrelevant I want their i want the tribalism whatever you want to call it, but I want the local government to be something so insignificant that it doesn't um that it doesn't ruin my life you know that it doesn't get in the way of the spontaneous order that all it does is um is protect the natural rights of you and me so when people say um People like to say it's a hypocrisy for someone like me to run for office or to be involved in the uh in the game. And I see that argument, and you know, I used to think that, but here's the truth, I was thinking about it. Um The system exists. I want to opt out. I want the system to not bother me. I want to be I want to live in a voluntary society where I don't have to be harassed um, if I decide that I want to do something that doesn't hurt other people. you know truth is big government little government whatever it doesn't really bother me that much anymore because um, I don't do too much, but I still want the freedom to do it. I want to be able to collect rainwater if I live out west. I don't want the government to fuck with me about it. I want to be, yeah. You know, um, I want to be able to go fishing. I don't want to have to ask the government for um, permission to go fishing or to raise cattle or to do business with you to sell milk or to buy milk or to milk my cow and drink the shit. I don't want, um. I don't want any government bothering me about that. So, my hardcore belief is that I don't want to vote in that system because that gives legitimacy to the system but it doesn't voting in that system running for office in that system whatever is not hypocrisy because the system exists and they will aggress upon me and i have to defend myself and one of the ways for me to defend myself is to put someone who will represent me and my beliefs into those offices so there's no one who can represent me as in the way I feel about things better than I can. So, if I could put myself into an office that I believe should be eliminated, that's the person I want in that office. And I believe every office above mayor, county commissioner should absolutely be eliminated. And I believe those offices of mayor and county commissioner and such and such would really have to justify themselves to to exist um and i believe almost any position would have to any sort of government would have to be voluntary and be unanimous but um but i don't mind defending myself and i don't i don't find it hypocritical at all to be involved in it so but back to so back to the elections last night and the republican winning in virginia in New Jersey, man. How about New Jersey? Um, he hasn't, well, he's going to lose. Murphy's going to win New Jersey. But it's so, I mean, nobody thought it, I mean, I didn't, I thought it'd be like 20 points. So, what does that tell you and why do they read into it? Here's what it says. It says that, I'm watching these motherfuckers on CNN last night. Acting like skies falling, trying to figure, <laughs> trying to figure out how the Democrats lost. Racism—they blamed it on. Get this shit. Larry Elder is a black man. I've known of Larry Elder for many years. I, I knew of him in my time in L.A. Um, never cared much for Larry Elder. He used to call himself a libertarian when I was a young libertarian, he had a fairly decent libertarian following in in LA in those circles. And I realized, like I so I was like, Oh, Larry Elder coolest. He's a libertarian. He's on the radio. You know, there weren't a lot of us and I would follow him. And as I listened to him and I read his work, I realized he wasn't libertarian at all. He was very Republican. And, um, so I never had any love for the man, you know? Um, I, I realized real quick who he was and I, moved on I never thought I'd hear about Larry Elder after I left LA and they suffered you know just every now and again when I'd look at stuff and then um they had a recall election for Gavin Newsom because you know Gavin Newsom uh all these COVID mandates and then you know he all these mass mandates and then he's out running around you can't he's going to close all the restaurants and he goes to the French Laundry the expensive restaurant he's there without the mask on and all that and like all the hypocrisy is the point like, he says, and they make these their servants. All the servants still wear masks. That's a weird fucking thing. That's so weird. It, it, I'll get to it. i got to sound, you know. Um, so, they have a recall election. And Larry Elder somehow emerges as his um, opponent, a libertarian Republican in California. And there was a chance he was going to win. They were scared in California that Gavin Newsom, I think he's Nancy Pelosi's son-in-law, he's something, I don't know, maybe fucks her, and um, there was a chance he was going to lose to Larry Elder. That tells you something. And you know what the media called Larry Elder? This black man? They called him a white supremacist. The black face of white supremacy. Okay. That's how come... They said he was going to, they were scared of him. And he had a chance to win in in California because he was uh, the black face of of white supremacy. Well, anyway, there's that. So um, fast forward to last night. And they said the reason that Virginia governor, you had that Terry McCullough The former governor of Virginia dancing on stage with Barack Obama and some other people I don't know and they look like this episode of Hee Haw and he was swinging it was the weirdest fucking thing man actually I think it wasn't Barack Obama it was a bunch of white people and one black woman and um, he looked like such a racist I mean that looked like a 1950's burn out the blacks dance that he looked it was so weird it looked like an episode of he haul too though anyway and uh, he said in that debate that parents shouldn't be able to tell teachers what to teach their kids and then he when anybody complained about it he said it was a racist dog whistle whenever somebody uses the term racist dog whistle they are a racist there's no fucking dog whistle there is no racist dog whistle Like, people don't, it's, that's, this is 2021. And you know what, there wouldn't be, if if there hadn't been a, um, if you were allowed to talk and just say things, and you didn't have to protect certain races from uh, being offended by jokes, you wouldn't have dog whistles anyway, because people would say who they are you would be able to say who you are and you would be able to know that guy over there is a racist and I don't want to deal with that fucking racist. You would be able to just know. But because of cancel culture culture, and censorship and wokeism and all this fucking bullshit, you can't. You have to you have to really interpret what does he really mean by that. You know, if they do this, they, they, they claim all over TV that you're making racism symbols. But I remember, I was watching an Ellis Presley documentary in 1972. Oh, I was watching it, not in 1972, oh, I wasn't born yet, but it was from 72, and uh maybe it wasn't i don't know anyway he walked by and he goes "Man, that girl last night she had the best head the best and so me and my friends after a good night we always go the best everything to do with racism but now somebody gives okay sign on tv they're racist they're giving us a racist dog whistle it's not, but quit fucking with people. Just let people be who they are and you'll know who you're dealing with. You can choose to deal with them or not deal with them. Anyway, so I'm watching CNN last night and, uh, and this is what's going on in the world right now. In Long Beach, there are ships lined up. You can walk across the water like it's a floor for miles on out to sea because the supply chain's broken. A year ago, one year ago, gas was under $2 a gallon. Now it's 3 dollars 5 a gallon. Joe Biden comes on TV and tells everybody, even though we can't get our goods, and even though the prices of everything are skyrocketing, even though the, the value of the dollar is plummeting, we're going to fire everybody if they don't take our vaccine to not prevent the spread of a virus that doesn't hurt anybody who is healthy anyway. And then you've got this guy agreeing with it and saying that parents shouldn't be able to question what their kids are taught in school and they can't figure out why the fuck they lost? who couldn't beat that man if you got any money at all and you just can get some camera time you can beat that and they beat it then that's why you know um murphy the uh the other one i was talking about uh, the new jersey one hell i lost my train of thought there for a minute um you assume that was going to be a 20 point win right and then um that other guy, the guy he's running against, he's really a Democrat too, but it's the Northeast and they're so fucking weird up there. I don't understand how they vote for these people, man. But anyway, they read it, uh, they read it completely, completely wrong. So, the Democrats are blaming it on racism and they're saying that um, everybody's racist, everybody's racist in Virginia and that's why they voted for that one white guy over that other white guy. It's because they're racist. And, the other thing they're saying is if they had to pass this massive spending bill, maybe though he wouldn't have lost. (laughs) And, um, they're saying what they're trying to say is they need to Democrat harder and they'll win elections. They think that they won that first election. I don't want to steal, not steal. They think they beat Donald Trump because, um, for some reason, besides people hate Donald Trump, Joe Biden can't wouldn't have won an election against anybody else. There's not Donald Trump lost because he had the media up against him. He had, um, people just hate him anyway because of his big personality. Um, that nobody, there was no mandate Joe Biden was given. Like Joe Biden ran on gumming ice cream and going to bed at five thirty. And he promised to end the vaccine. People... That's just stupid, though. You shouldn't blame the vaccine not ending on Joe Biden. It's a, I mean, not vaccine. I can't talk. i am still got the flu. The virus. He blamed... um said going to end the virus. How's Joe Biden going to end the virus? And people blame the virus on Donald Trump last. It's crazy as shit. Now, anyway... So, uh they thought that was some kind of mandate. No, it was no mandate, Joe. They didn't win. He didn't win because he was a Democrat. He won because his opponent was Donald Trump. And then... um they try to do all this crazy shit, you know, they're trying to do everything. And then, um, the world's in chaos falling apart. The whole world's falling apart. And they think that they didn't win because they didn't tear it apart faster and bigger with a prettier fire. And then the Republicans, of course, they misread everything too. Instead of saying, you know what? People don't want to be governed so fucking hard. Maybe we won, and we just need to pull back. They're like, this is, a, um, this is a mandate on the police. People voted for all the shit they did right. And the Democrats are losing because they want to defund the police. So the Democrats thought they lost because they didn't make a bigger government. And the Republicans think they won because the Democrats wanted to take away the government enforcers. People just don't want to be fucked with. It's not racism. It's not because we want our dollar to to buy less things for God's sake. And it's not because we want the cops to harass us every time we step out of our house. It's, another, it's just that this one guy's punching us real, real, real hard in the ribs. So this other guy says, Hey, I won't do that. So I'm voting for that other motherfucker. That's it. That's why the Republicans won last night. And they're going to go and they're going to fuck it up with their usual bullshit. That's why they all need to get out of there. They all need to be out of office. They're worthless. They're so worthless and so stupid. Racism. That's honestly what they said. They said a racist dog whistle. Anyway, um let's see if there's anything else I wanna talk about. I wrote this shit down today. So, ah yeah. Right now, New Hampshire is the only state in the Union to turn down federal vaccine money to promote uh, vaccine mandates. Oh man, Well, I'm having, looks like my, looks like I'm having some bad luck today. I'm going to end this episode today, guys, and I will talk to you again tomorrow. Thank you for joining me. I am Mike Shaner. This is the Sedition Papers.